you're listening to the Glow Radio Podcast. I'm Jacqueline, a spiritual baddie and astrology nerd. You can expect raw and unfiltered conversations around trauma healing, relationships, astrology, health, and career. I'm here to share my resources so that you can truly turn your dreams into a reality. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Glow Radio. Today, I have a very, very exciting guest with me, Erin Claire Jones. Ever since I learned about the human design, I've just been talking to everyone about it offline, online. So I feel like I'm just beyond stoked to have her with me today. She is a human design guide and also a leadership coach. And I'm just so stoked to have her dive into every single part of the human design because it has truly changed my life. So welcome, Erin. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. So how about you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and what you do? Mm -hmm. So I've been working with human design for six years now. So human design, I know we'll talk about it, is basically a system that really reveals our energetic blueprint and how we're each uniquely wired to operate and thrive. So um, and my work is with individuals, with partnerships, with teams, but really just the intention is to make the system as like empowering and simple and accessible as it can be. Um, and it's been a real journey. I think when I first started showing human design in 2015, people like did not know what I was talking about. They weren't incredibly open to it. And it really wasn't until early 2018 that it felt like the world was ready. So it's just been so beautiful these past couple of years to kind of just see such a opening towards human design. And I think the magic of human design is kind of the marriage of like the mysticism and practical, like it is based on our exact time, date and place of birth. So its origins are so mystical, but its application to our lives is so practical, so simple, so actionable. And I think just so beyond helpful. Could you explain a little bit about what the human design is in case anyone doesn't know? Yes. So it is a system based on your exact time, date, and place of birth that basically kind of reveals your unique wiring. And so when I say that, I mean like how you're designed to make decisions and work within teams and collaborate and partner um, and work and all the things. And it really just gives us like our unique blueprint. You know, I think we often get tripped up when we try to like build a business or work in a way that maybe works for others, but doesn't work for us. And so it basically kind of gets us acquainted with our operating system. It's not predictive in any way. It's not going to tell you that you'll do this when you're 40, you'll meet this person when you're 60. It's more just like, this is how you make decisions best. This is how you kind of create the right opportunities for yourself. And the more we align with it, I find the more kind of flow success expansion we have, you know, like I can tell somebody they're human design and they can be like, I don't want to honor it. And it's like, great, don't, you know, but like, I think we get to choose how to engage with it. It's a tool more than anything else. But I do find the more we kind of align with and honor our unique operating system, the better it feels. For sure. I feel like when I learned about it, it kind of just already validated what I kind of knew intuitively about myself. Mm-hmm. And I just wish like if my family knew about it, I feel like our dynamic would have been so different. hundred percent. Yeah. And I love that because the magic of human design is like not actually about telling people anything they don't know. It's like everything they've like intuitively known their entire lives. And it just like gives them a language. Like that is me. I can step into that, you know? So I still appreciate that because I work with so many skeptics and like, I sit with them and they're like, have you been like reading my diary? Like, how do you know this stuff about me? You know? So like, it really just seems to like confirm and validate and give us tools to step into what we already know about ourselves. Totally. So how did you first learn about it? Yes. Very serendipitous and strange. I live in New York and I was at a gathering in 2015 and 
sat next to the stranger and he was like, I want to look up your human design. I was like, I've never heard of this. What is the system? He'd been studying it for 10 years. And he basically like looked at my chart that night and gave me this like little mini reading. And it was just like, so resonant. I think similar to the experience you had, I was just like, wow, like you're really giving me a language for things that I've always known, but I've never allowed myself to step into. Like it was so the opposite of the way that I was operating at the time. Um, and he ended the conversation by being like, and I think you'd be amazing at this and we should build this together and we should be a team. Like he just kind of observed all this compatibility in our designs. And so I actually did end up, he was my first teacher. We ended up building a business together for two years before I launched my own practice. So you know, so much of my design is about being like invited in and being recognized. So I was like very directly invited into human design, which I don't think is a requirement at all. Um, but it, it was so funny. It was just like, it came out of nowhere and it was really from a stranger, you know, who really kind of shifted so many things. That's amazing. I love hearing stories like I know. that. It's just crazy. Yeah. So let's, let's dive into it. Why don't we go into the different aspects of the human design and what they mean? You can start wherever you like. Yeah. So let me just kind of walk through some of the terminology so, just so you guys can get a taste of um, what information there is. And then you can tell me kind of what pieces are most interesting. You know, there are bajillions of different configurations. Everyone's chart is so unique, but at the highest level, there are five different types. The type speaks to kind of how we're designed to best use our energy, whether we are a doer, whether we're kind of better suited as a guide. With each type will come a strategy, which is about how you're designed to met, like create opportunities for yourself. So like, are you designed to initiate things or kind of let things come to you? Um, our authority in human design speaks to how we're designed to best make decisions. Like, are you meant to sleep on it? Are you meant to be spontaneous? Do you need to talk it out? Um, our definition speaks to kind of how we best process information. Like, are you more independent, collaborative? Are what we call open centers are the areas that we're the most sensitive to other people's energy. And this is where we can get like the most taken off track, but also have like the greatest capacity to become wise. And then two other pieces that I see is really important is your channels, which are kind of your innate strengths, the things you can really lean on, the things that make you you. And then the last piece is your profile, which is basically around how kind of you're uniquely suited to like manifest your purpose. Obviously we cannot cover all those things, but I think it just gives people kind of a taste of like the, um, the kind of information. So I would say if you want to go through one of them, I'd recommend probably the type or the authority. Yeah. Let's, let's start with the types. I feel like that would be helpful for everyone. Cool. So there are five different types in human design. If you haven't looked it up yet, you can go to erinclairjones.com slash look up or any other heart human design chart generator. Um, so there are manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, manifestors. The type is just the first piece. You know, if you like are sitting there and your partner's a generator, doesn't mean y'all are going to be like super similar. It just means that like there are characteristics you share, but how you express it can be so different. So just know that the type just really kind of just speaks to how we're designed to best use our energy. And so you're a generator, which I know, you know, yeah. so generators and manifesting generators kind of collectively are the doers, the builders, the creators, the ones that really have the energy and the life force to kind of bring ideas to life and make things happen. The most important thing in the world is that you are so deeply lit up and satisfied by what you're working on. If you're doing things just because you think you should, because somebody asked your battery will drain so quickly when you're doing things because you're lit up and excited and desire it. It's like the most magnetic energy in the world and it will give everyone around you so much energy 
So one of the biggest lessons for both of these types is around kind of like prioritizing your desires and like doing the things you really do enjoy. Um, an ideal day for you might kind of look like one where you wake up, you feel super satisfied, excited, energized. You kind of use up your energy all day doing things you enjoy. You drop into bed kind of satisfied and exhausted and kind of recharge at night. Um, manifesting generators are often kind of multi-passionate by nature and like having their energy in a lot of things at once. Not really meant to have like a very linear path or do just one thing. You know, pivoting is so part of their nature and they can move very quickly, but might skip a few steps along the way. So good to kind of be supported by the step-by-step process that other people can help with and generators like you are more about mastery kind of really going deep into whatever it is that you love and you've got this just a great capacity to like bring anything to life when you kind of dedicate yourself to it I would say if you like really feel excited to do lots of things at once as well like I would just kind of maybe do like this thing this day like this thing the next day like give yourself that space and kind of time to go deep um and the last piece that I'd share about both those types is really around magnetism like you're not really meant to chase after anything life is meant to come to you and your work is to keep your awareness open and see what shows up and sparks you as soon as something sparks you go after it and make it happen you know but not until kind of your gut is just like oh my gosh yes I'm so lit up by this thing I'm going after it how does that all resonate with you yeah that resonates so much because I feel like even when I was younger if say my parents forced me to do something I would just dread it so much and my energy would be so low and I feel like I wouldn't be able to lift up the people around me as well so that definitely Mm -hmm. makes so much sense to me and I'm also a I'm a one five profile Mm -hmm. so I like to really go deep into topics and literally figure out every single detail yes Exactly. You know, and, and it, it pairs so beautifully with that generator piece too, you know, just like that mastering going really, really deep. Um, and yeah, it really is around kind of rewiring and believing that like you pursuing and creating space for your own desires is not like a selfish thing. It's like the thing that allows you to have like the most impact in the world and lift up everyone around you. So just like a lot of people didn't grow up believing that or didn't really trust that. So it does require like a little bit of like retraining to be like, that's okay. You know, like doing this is not selfish. It really is like the best thing that I can do. Um, then we have projectors. Projectors are really here to be the leaders, the guides, the advisors, the teachers, not here to do all the doing. So much of being a projector is trusting that your worth is not based in how hard you work or how much you do, but in your perspective and how you see, you know, and often projectors love systems like human design, like anything that kind of helps them better understand people and how they work. They have such an innate wisdom around people and how they can be like the most effective, you know, which can make them amazing therapists, coaches, um, managers, CEOs, like just so good at guiding and leading other people's energy often by asking the right questions and often projectors can work really well with people one-on-one this is not like the only way they can work with people but they have this really kind of penetrating intense focused energy that can make people feel so recognized and so seen so like in that kind of right working relationship it can be so powerful and the strategy for us as projectors i'm also a projector is about kind of waiting to be recognized and invited in you know so instead of like initiating and chasing after things it's kind of waiting to be seen by somebody and they're like oh my god I see you I recognize your gifts like come in I want you to share them like if you're brought into something and expected to operate like a generator it will probably bring you up quite quickly but if somebody like sees your gifts and really creates a space for you to share them it's going to fuel you so powerfully um and the last piece that I want to share is just like about projectors is the invitation is not meant to be like a disempowering tool you know where it's just like you're not doing anything it's more just like it protects your energy and lets you like only share it with those that are really ready for you. And you can share yourself, put yourself out there, share on Instagram, like write newsletters, be on podcasts, like let the world see you and then like kind of let the right people resonate with you and invite you in to share. 
Makes sense. Totally. Then we've got manifestors, the ones that are here to initiate and get things started, not always here to do all the doing themselves, but often just to kind of get the thing off the ground and get the ball rolling. They often thrive when they really feel like free and autonomous and control and in control. They're not really here to be told what to do or manage or guided in any way, here to do things on their own terms and in their own way. Their energy can be spurty, meaning that like they might like do a lot very quickly and they need to rest. So I would tell my manifestors like, it's not about like do, do, doing all day long, but like honoring those natural creative spurts. Um, often manifestors are quite comfortable solitude and being left alone to do what they please. And your strategy as a manifestor is about initiating. So not waiting for anything to come to you. As soon as an urge arises within you to just pursue it and honor it and follow it, even if it's taking you in a direction that like is like so unknown and unlike what you've seen before, like you're kind of here to be the first and do it differently. And the second part of your strategy is around just keeping the people around you in the loop. So just like keeping them informed of what you're doing and when, not because you're asking for permission, not because you're explaining yourself, but just because your energy is impactful. And the more you keep them in the loop, the more kind of supportive and on your team they'll be. And then we've got reflectors, the last type. Um, these people are really kind of our collective mirrors. They're so sensitive to their space. So you really get a good sense of like, how a team or community is doing just by how that reflector is showing up. So it's so important for reflectors to just be such ruthless curators of the people and places they're spending time in because they're taking it all in. Um, and the magic of reflectors is in their fluidity. They're going to have periods where they feel like a generator, like a manifesting generator, like a projector. And their job is to not figure out who they are or be just one thing, but embrace whatever feels like them that day. And in the context of business, we call them evaluators because they've got such a unique perspective and way of seeing things. So similar to projectors, really great to kind of be in spaces and environments where their perspective feels so recognized and invited in. Amazing. I have not met any reflectors yet, which is- They're around you. One in a hundred. They're definitely around you. Yeah. I was curious. So do you feel like if, say, we grew up with a family who had a certain type, like if your parents were a certain type- do you feel like you could attract that type more in your life because of your upbringing? Mm. That's kind of an interesting thought. It is an interesting thought. It's honestly one I have not heard before. Mm. You know, I think that like, I definitely have heard people being like, kind of like, wow, I have like all projectors in my life or I have like all manifestors in my life. It usually isn't like attached to a parent, but we are obviously very conditioned by our parents' design. So there can be like a little bit of a desire to go like replicate that out in our lives, which is why it's good to know the design. So we can kind of become aware of that and condition in positive and negative ways. So um, I think it even would go like layers underneath the type to kind of see those like conditioning pieces that we might be trying to like replicate in other parts of our lives. Have you seen that in your own life? Yes, that is the reason I asked because I found out that both my parents are projectors yeah. And my best friend is a projector and my boyfriend is also a projector. But a lot of my friends are actually manifesting generators. So I, I thought it. that was interesting. It's super interesting to just like see the patterns. You know, I think that like and generators and projectors are such great combos. I'm a projector. My partner's a generator. It's like a nice, it's just like so different, but so compatible. Um, so yeah, I love it. I think that like, it's, it's so interesting to kind of see. I, I definitely discovered like a lot of, projectors in my life as well at least among my friends yeah so if say two projectors are in some some type of relationship with each other or two generators because the generator their strategy is to respond and then projectors yeah. their strategy is to be invited but if 
two of the same people are in a, some type of relationship, how would you recommend that they interact with each other? Yeah, you can invite each other, you know? So I'd say with projectors, like invite each other, you know what I mean? Like, and, and actively do it. Like one thing about the invitation for projectors is that like, it's, it's not always formal. Like sometimes it will feel really energetic where it's just like, I can sense that this person like wants my energy and like wants to like know me and be part of my life. And so like, if you feel that lean in, you know, and so I'd say you can invite each other, but I would very kind of proactively and for you, because you're dating a projector, just like, you know, words of affirmation, make them feel so recognized, so seen, invite them in. Like my partner, we were engaged and he'll just like kind of repropose every so often as would be like, are we still like, I'm just gonna invite you back in. And so I was like, yeah, I still want that, you know? So I think just like actively inviting projectors and in always is so powerful and just like letting them know how much you see them and how known they are by you. Um, with generators, it can be so compatible to have two generators or two manifesting generators because yes, there are strategies about responding. So you guys can give each other things to respond to, you know? So an example of that would be like, if you ask someone an open-ended question, like, where do you want to go? And this is true for you. You know, you might just be like, oh my gosh, literally everything's possible. I have no idea. But if I'm like, do you want to go to the park or go to the movies? Like, do you want to go out for dinner or go home? Like you might know, notice that you have like an immediate <laughs> sense where like, I want that. I don't want that. So I would say like, if it's two generators or manifesting generators, or if you're partnering with or surrounded by a generator or manifesting generator, give them things to respond to, give them options. Don't ask them open-ended questions, you know, like give them a thing to be like, that feels good. That doesn't. So I think that you can really kind of use that in relationship and actually kind of access and speak to one another's truth. So directly, do you feel that? For sure. I feel like when I saw you post about that exact tip for generators, I was like, oh my goodness, that is literally my life. Isn't that so next level? It's so simple. Yeah. Yeah, I can't answer open-ended questions. I feel like they just make me so overwhelmed. Well, yeah. And you've got like a totally open mind in your design. So you probably just go into like every single possibility, you know. Whereas like if somebody, you know, we talked about the authority briefly earlier in terms of how you make decisions, like when somebody speaks, asks you a specific question, it goes straight into your gut. You're like, that feels right. It doesn't. I immediately know, you know. So you really can just like kind of access truth so immediately in that way if you just communicate in the right way. For sure. Another thing that really stood out to me in the chart were the four arrows at the top. Mm -hmm. Could you go into that a little bit more? Yeah. So these are called our variables. It's probably not the first piece that I'd recommend people diving into, but it's like a really useful one. But often like a lot of these layers, like they become even more and more impactful once we've kind of like navigated and aligned with our like type and our strategy and our authority. So the various, so these are going to be the two arrows that are kind of like red and black. The, the very top one on the left is around our digestion and how we kind of take in food and information. So if that arrow is facing left, it means that it's good to kind of keep yourself like well-nourished and well-fed throughout the day. I would not recommend fasting for these people. If you're like, I'm fasting, it's amazing. It's working for me. I will never tell you to stop it. Like, you know yourself best way more than any system or me. But it basically just means that your brain is moving really fast. So keeping yourself well-nourished throughout the day and like eating before even meeting, eating when you wake up, like can be really healthy. And it can be really good for you to give yourself like structured time to like really dive deep into things and really kind of understand things. If that arrow and yours is facing left and if that arrow is facing right, like me, it means that we're meant to eat like way more in the flow. Like for me, like some days I'm like hungry at eight, other days I'm not hungry till three. So it's just like eating when you're hungry, drinking when you're thirsty, like prolonged periods or fasting as often um, might feel quite natural to you. And in terms of like taking in information and studying, like it's not about like just like creating structured time to go deep. Like so much of 
even the first years, I mean, I used to commute a lot when I lived in New York City, but like I would literally just like have human design in my ears all the time. So just like walking hours through the city, just like listening to the founder of human design. So like for me, I take in information best when like there's a lot of things I'm taking in. And so it's not about like creating structured time. So how does that digestion piece resonate with you? Do you feel that? Yes, for sure. I do feel like I'm someone who likes to eat around the same time every day. Like I, I feel a lot better. Mm -hmm. And I used to do some fasting and it worked in the beginning, but I feel like eventually it didn't work so well for me. Yeah. And again, like everything's worth experimenting with, you know, that's why I just like always want to remind people like take it or leave it. What I'm saying, like take it, if it feels like supportive, empowering, useful, let it go if it doesn't. Um, but it is, it does tend to validate a thing that people already know. Um, the bottom left arrow is around our environment and moving our body. So yours is facing left, so is mine. It basically means that I think in some ways it probably benefits all of us to move every day, but when that arrow is facing left, it really is good to have just like regular movement every day, you know, just like some form of exercise. It doesn't have to be like exerting yourself like crazy, where if it's facing right, it's more around, you know, it's more in the flow, like not forcing rigidity and discipline around it. And when I say environment, like honestly, the best environments for you are the ones that you like walk in and you just feel like so energized and excited. And it's just like, you're just like buzzing and like people are watching you kind of like at the center of it all. So it like gives you so much energy. Whereas if it's that air is facing right, you might find like the best environments are the ones where you come in and you feel like so like soothed and calm. And you just want to like sit down and like witness it all, you know? So how does that resonate with you? The like body and also the kind of like energizing piece. Yeah, I feel that too. I think it's like kind of like a gut reaction for me. Like I need to be in an environment that I'm really enjoying and lights me up. Totally. And gives you so much energy. Um, and then the arrows on the right both kind of speak to how our mind works. It's about kind of our, our view and how strategic we're meant to be. So the top right one is around kind of how strategic you're meant to be. You're not meant to be super strategic. <laughs> so it's left. It's like more strategic. I have an agenda. This is what I want. If it's facing right, it's like a little bit more receptive and allowing and just like seeing how it all emerges. Um, and then the bottom right one is around kind of our view and it basically is whether or not if it's facing left, it's kind of really getting into the details of things and having like a very kind of specific vision and view. And if it's facing right, it's kind of like getting into like the broader view and not like in the specifics, maybe kind of more into the feelings of it all. Does that yeah, make that sense? One, I feel like that one was my favorite one when I learned about it, because whenever I'm writing goals or manifesting in the past, I found that when I was very specific with them, yeah. it wouldn't work out. And then once I finally kind of let go of that control and made them more specific, then everything just fell into place for me. And it's funny because I feel like growing up, a lot of the teaching in society teaches us to be specific with our goals and like strategizing and planning. But I just kept feeling such resistance throughout my mm. life about that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I mean, we always know, you know, like that's the magic of human design is like, it really just, just, just validates what we already know about ourselves and just gives us language. Like that is how I operate. I'm going to step into that even more. So yeah, so it is, it is really cool, deeper layer. And honestly, that's just like the top level, like underneath each arrow is so much more information as well. Um, human design is kind of like an endless rabbit hole. For sure. I'm also a huge astrology nerd. Okay. And I was just very curious if you're familiar with your astrology sign. Or well, sign. I literally always forget. So um, <laughs> I'm going to get this right. So I am, my sun is in Taurus. Okay. My um, rising is in Scorpio and my moon is in Capricorn. Oh, wow. Okay. Very earth. Yeah. Interesting. Very earthy. Yeah. And me yeah, and my partner. Earthy. 
my partner is his son is in Capricorn and I think his he's got Scorpio and Capricorn too so we got a little bit of an overlap yeah yeah because I know about that I I always try to like see how it fits into the human design I'm a I'm a Pisces but I have a Virgo moon and a Virgo rising Mm. and for me like those two signs are direct opposites so I feel like there's always this like internal yeah. battle inside of me. Yeah. Well, I kind of love that about, and again, like I, I love astrology, but I'm also like, so people are like, oh, you must know everything. I'm like, oh gosh, no, you know, like I can handle one system at a time. But like, I think that um, what's so interesting to me about human design. And I think you, what you're saying in astrology too, is that like, sometimes there will be aspects of our design. They're like, are at conflict. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, these are so different. And I think it just kind of really reveals these very interesting nuances of being human, you know, where it's just like these parts can feel so opposite, yet they're both part of us. And so it's like always are kind of finding balance and relationship between the two. And so I kind of love that it kind of exposes some of those, like, I don't even want to say difficulties, but just kind of like complexities of uh, us, you know, because like, often it's just like, it is, again, they're both part of you. They'll just emerge at different times and how you can find the balance. For sure. For sure. Do you, or are we able to figure out what our secondary type is for human design or does that exist? It doesn't exist. Mm. Yeah. So there are like aspects of our design that can be like, you know, you might be a generator and you're like, you know, like maybe I really resonate with like starting things, or maybe I feel like the sensitivity of being a projector or reflector. Like when you look at a chart, you're like, oh yeah, you know, like you are a generator and you're a doer, but yeah, you've got a little bit more energy at the beginning because of this gate, or, you know what, you're also like a hyper empath. And so it makes sense that you kind of resonate with that sensitivity. So I think when we look at the whole chart together, we can start to kind of get a sense of all those nuances that give the full picture of who you are, but there's not like a secondary type. Gotcha, you know, there sense. can be like almost types where it's like, we often feel so much pressure to be like all the types that we're not, um, but we do all kind of have one primary type. That's good to know. Um, let's go over emotional types versus non-emotional. Yes. Yeah, so that basically speaks to our authority. Is that what you mean? You want authority yes. or you want to just have with the emotional center? Uh, let's do the authority. Okay. So the authority speaks to kind of how we're designed to best make decisions. And so, which is just like such a tactical, useful part of our design, obviously, um, because we're making decisions like every freaking day. So if somebody is a sacral authority, it means that they're designed to kind of trust their gut response, their gut feeling in the moment. As soon as they kind of get that full body response towards something, they can take action. No need to wait. You know, if you're sacral really will probably very respond, will respond well to those specific yes, no questions. If you're an emotional authority, both you and I are, it means that we're not meant to be very spontaneous or impulsive in our decisions. Clarity for us comes with time and the best thing that we can do is sleep on it. It doesn't mean that our initial instinct is incorrect. It's just like giving ourselves a bit of space to really confirm it's right. You know, and for you, like as a generator, you've got a really strong gut response. The only difference here between you and sacral is like what you're looking for is not the gut response in the moment, but gut response over time. You know, so do you feel like you take your time or do you feel like you're more impulsive? I'm usually more impulsive. And I feel like after learning about this, I've learned to really like take my time with it. Because in the past, I do feel like whenever I feel a gut feeling, it's really strong in the beginning. And then I'll usually act on it right away. Yeah. Um, But then there's some things that I've acted on and experimented with experimented with and then eventually I figured out it was not the best thing for me yeah so it's, it's kind of like a process um and I also think my splenic center is 
open. Mm -hmm. So I think that means that I usually need to experiment with things and then figure out if they're right for me. I'm not sure if I'm getting that correct. That is not right, but that's okay. But I don't, yes, but keep talking. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember which part I was um, reading about, but it was something about how my initial intuitive instinct might not tell me that it's not for me. And then I have to try it out and then find out through doing it or experimenting. Well, in part, it's because I think that that spleen is open. The intuition is like inconsistent and shows up in different ways. So it's not a thing that you can like rely on all the time, you know, whereas your gut response is like always there. And so like, you know, you might have very intuitive senses about things, but I would always kind of come back to that gut to let that guide your energy, you know? And part of why you're meant to sleep on things, me too, is that like, there's like an emotional depth to your design. And like, if you are on like emotional high, on an emotional high, you might be so much more prone to like saying yes to everything, you know? And then you wake up the next day, you're like, I don't know if I really want to do that. And so just like giving yourself a little bit of space, however annoying, just kind of allows you to enter into decisions from such a grounded, calm, like full knowing place, which is so powerful. You know, whereas if you jump into things, you might be like, this is amazing. And then like the energy disappears like a week later or a day later, you know? So a little bit more time at the beginning while annoying, just kind of, I think is so powerful in helping us enter into the right things in the first place. Um, then we've got splenic authorities and that basically is around trusting your intuition in the moment, which is different than the gut response. The gut is a very visceral feeling in your belly and the intuition is like a quiet knowing. It's like a whisper that you hear, tingles that you feel like an immediate resonance. You are meant to be so spontaneous, so impulsive. If you are an ego authority, it's all about making decisions based on what your heart is in, what you desire, what you really want, like making sure decisions like really take care of you and to be like healthily selfish in your decisions. It's like, I'm doing this and I feel like so taken care of by this decision. If you're a self-projected authority, your truth comes when you give it a voice. The best thing that you can do when you make a decision is to talk it out, you know, and see what kind of emerges when you just like say it all out loud. Um, and your decision-making is also really connected to your identity. And so it's useful to ask yourself questions like, will this decision make me happy, allow my self-expression, allow my creativity? Two more, if you're a mental authority, which would say none, but you'd be a projector. You are also meant to talk things out, but you're really sensitive to your physical space. So talking things out in a few different spaces that feel good to kind of see what truth emerges for you. Letting others be a sounding board for you. It's not that you're looking to others for advice, but they're like, they can help kind of reflect back and you can say it out loud and and see how it feels. And then finally, reflectors are meant to give themselves a full 28 to 30 days before they make a big decision. I know that's not always feasible. So it's always want to like caveat that. Like I would just say that you really need time to sample into something from so many different angles to really ensure it's correct. So I would really just give yourself as much time as you can and make decisions on a timing that works for you and not kind of under pressure from other people. You can start to see how useful this is to not only understand your design, but like the people that you're partnered with, the people that you're working with, your parents, your kids, because like you and I are emotional, you know, and we're meant to take our time, but we also might be partnered with people that are like really spontaneous and impulsive. And so like really just kind of appreciating and honoring the differences so that you can make decisions that are aligned for both of you. Yes. I love that. I feel like that definitely helps so much in different relationships where if you're like working together with someone else. 100%. Yeah. Do you have a favorite part of the human design for yourself? Oh my God. I feel like it always changes. I'm going to be real. I'm always like this. I love this. Um, I think the profile is really, you know, it's simple, but so powerful. It's just like, you know, it really, I think is so validating. Like for you, just to give an example, like 
you know, I know, you know, you're five one, but like, you know, the one is so much around being the investigator. Like you're here to just like be so curious and dive so deep into things and become like such an expert and such an authority. And like, you know, it's just such a good guide for you. Like the biggest question you should ask yourself is like, when knowing where to put your energy next is like, what do I want to investigate? Like, what do I want to dive so deep into? What do I want to explore? You know, whereas for me, I have a two in my profile. So it means that like the best things for me are the ones that come the most easy, the most natural, the like gifts that I cannot explain, you know? And so for me, the question is always like, what feels like the most natural? What's the most easy? What are people recognizing in me? And like, I was always hired my entire life for things that were like inexplicable. People would be like, I hired you because I like, like your vibe and I want you around. I'm like, but what is my job? Like, you know, I was just like, why can't we explain it? And it was just like, so useful to know this and like, ah, like, you know, there's like an inexplicable piece there. So I think the profile and the relationship between the two numbers that we each have is so powerful to understand because it's just another piece that really kind of like really gives us permission to kind of walk a path that feels right to us and it might look different than the people around us. Yeah, I loved learning about the numbers too. I feel like they, yeah, it helped me understand myself a lot more. And totally. because of that one, I think there was something I was reading about um, like feeling, not feeling like we don't know enough before we share. And I felt like that spoke to me so much because I always feel like I need to know more before I can share this with someone. Yeah. And there's like an insecurity that's associated with the one. And it's just like, it is kind of this sense that I don't know enough. And so in some ways it's like the sense that you don't know enough is often like an invitation and opportunity to like learn more, you know, it's like, okay, let me like learn more and build a strong foundation. But it's also a balance because like, once you have a foundation built underneath you, then it is like time to share. Like there's always more to learn. You're not going to learn all of it. But like, you know, there's also a point at which is like, you know what, like when I share, like I'm, with human design, you're probably like, I know a lot more than the people around me know. So like, I probably can share some pieces, even though there's so much more for me to know. So I think the most important thing for you is to just like build a solid foundation. I feel like, you know what you're talking about. For sure. And I feel like there's, there's just always something more like on every single topic. There's just always something else to learn. That's what I'm seeing. <laughs> Yeah. And you, and I think the goal to learn it all is probably unrealistic. And so it's more just like, how can I build a solid enough foundation where I can like really offer value to people, but not like, um, not like hold myself back because I don't think I know quite enough yet. Totally. Uh, there's so much about it and we're coming close to the end of the podcast now, but I do want to ask where can everyone find you online? Erin Claire Jones everywhere. So my Instagram is Erin Claire Jones. Um, I share a lot on there. My website is erinclairejones.com and I offer blueprints, which are basically kind of written guides to your unique design, like just covering all the pieces we talked about today and so much more. Um, and then I offer private sessions, partnership sessions, team sessions, monthly workshops. Amazing. I am so excited to receive my blueprint. Yay, I can't wait for you to have it. Yay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I definitely found that very insightful and I hope that more people will look into their human design. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.